Welcome back to Inside the Capitol. I'm your host, Colin Walkie. And I'm Josh West. Good job, Josh. You almost got my impersonation down. It's 19 October 2021, and we are here on Inside the Capitol. Thank you for joining us, Josh. Tell us about today. No, so there's a lot of us here today. Today we actually have um, a redistricting meeting on the federal delegation on the the um, specifically the congressional delegation, our, our, our federal delegation for federal representatives, they have to be to the number. Like we talked about before with us, uh, we have a what, 2.5% deviation, or we can. Um, it's got to be exact with the feds. And so we have uh, that meeting going on today. we got interim studies tomorrow. We're, we're getting close to wrapping up the interim studies and getting, I mean, November's going to be here before we know it. That's right, which will be in special session November 15th, I think yep, it is, 15th. Yeah, for that week uh, to approve the new congressional maps, yeah. both state and federal levels. And so. so so wanted to bring on a new member that we have not had. Um, Representative Jared Kendricks was elected in 2020. Right, right. And he represents District 52. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm... Uh, I'm I'm the newbie on the block, I guess. I elected in in uh, the summer of 2020, as you said. I'm a CPA, been in uh, business there in the Altus area for uh, about 32, 33 years doing the accounting thing, and felt like this is something I needed to be involved in. I'm a man of faith, and I felt like it was something I was called to do. So uh, I I got involved. You got to follow. I remember when I when I, I remember when I was running, my pastor said, uh, you know, obviously it's a huge decision, and uh, yes. you know, we have young kids right. in a rural district trying to raise money and. But my pastor told me at one point, he said, God didn't tell you he was going to win, but he told you he was going to run. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and, <laughs> and that was that's the, that's the way a, we looked at it. That's the same way I was. You know, I, it's just one of those deals I felt like I couldn't shake it off. I tried to. Uh, you know, tried to find ways out of it, but uh, just couldn't. And uh, felt like it's what I needed to do. So who, I'm who, here. Who did you uh, replace? But, uh, I replaced Charles Ortega, uh, who so, served here 12 years, a good man. Charles uh, you was know, a great he was, man. Uh, he's been a – a good, uh, good help to me. I'm, I'm blessed and where I'm at that I have uh, Charles Ortega. I also have Mike Schultz, yep. uh, former pro, uh, Senate pro tem, uh, and, and current senator there for uh, Brent Howard. Uh, all three of those guys yeah. have been great uh, to work with and have spent time with me, kind of uh, mentoring me and giving me some guidance on how things work. And uh, uh, some of it, uh, some of it's been really good, uh, re- really good, uh, good uh, information, helpful. What's been the most surprising thing for you since you've been up here at the Capitol? The time requirement. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's just a, it's just a part time. Yeah, it's just part time. Well, that's what year. I heard. Just four months a year and just about four or five hours a day. But you know, I'm uh, being a CPA. My busiest time of the year is from January to April, and sessions February to May. And uh, you know, I, I've been telling people during this interim time that normally I'll do about 250 returns, tax returns from January to April 15. This year I did 35. So it gives you a little idea of the of the work yeah. schedule up here. You know, and reading I, all those bills and things. It's a it's so, a challenge. So Jared sits behind <laughs> me, right? So CPA, and when I've got when there's as we we all talked about, like you talk about Charles Ortega. Charles Ortega told me one time, probably my first conversation. He said, "Josh, you're expected to be a subject matter expert on everything. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. But the good thing is that there's somebody here, either a member or staff that that you have available. You have the resources available. So don't don't freak out about the questions you're going to get as a new member because it's you're learning. Well, and that's what I've discovered. You know, I, I, I've I've watched this whole first session and uh, during this interim time, that was kind of my goal was just kind of sit back and watch. Not sit back and watch. You know what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, saying learn. gain the information. Right, yeah. no, not, not like I've been sitting on my yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. It's just 
you know, you watch people and you kind of see who the subject matter experts are in areas, and you go ask them, and maybe you have a difference in, a, you know, have a difference in opinion on what the policy is, but at least you understand the inner workings of of that specific agency or of those bills, the, the different issues that we come up and, with. And that's a that's a good outlook to have because, like we always talk about with new members, that first two months, three months, you're drinking from a fire hose. You, oh you, you my don't goodness. even know how to file legislation. Right. And November comes around, they're like, okay, your titles are due in two weeks, and you're, I remember my. You know, in 2016, I remember, you know, we got sworn in and <clears throat> had our first caucus and they said, hey, uh, congratulations. Um, glad to have you here. And by the way, your titles or your, your build titles are due in two weeks. And I was like, well, what do you mean we don't go through like a what, What's a title? Class? What's a title? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's what our deal. We <laughs> had, uh, you know, we had to, I think we had to turn the bills in last year on December the 11th and mm-hmm. freshman orientation was on December the 15th. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm trying to figure out, I'm asking my LA. Thankfully, I've got uh, fantastic LA and Melanie Morris. It's been fantastic in helping me of saying, okay, here's some things you need to do. Here's the deadlines you got to meet. And, uh, and then again, having those guys in, in my district that's been helpful with that. But and it, yeah, it's crazy. Because it's, it's crazy. also not just the temporal expertise. It's also the fact that as an urban guy, born and raised in urban Oklahoma, I don't have the experience that the rural guys do on these issues. And so like one of the most fascinating debates that I heard this year was on, you know, electronic tags on cows, yeah. something that I know nothing about. <laughs> and, and so I had to go ask two rural Republicans. Right. I said, okay, well, give me your opposite sides of this. Think, What's the issue Was about? that a Rick West? And, uh, and Grego, wasn't and Grego. Grego. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was kind of listening. It was like. Uh, it was like. I loved their debate because it was spirited, and they're friends. But obviously, they're on both sides of the issue. And to hear them, it was like, I felt like I was a Cajun. Like I was, like I was Johnny Tadlock. Yeah. But uh, no, it's it's <laughs> that's that's what's amazing about it is I mean it and and it's not that we all agree. You notice what I've said to people in the several times I've spoken this during this interim is that you know our goal is is to try and get to where we can have civil discussions. I mean gotcha. the, the civil discussion is so important because if we if we are so diehard and dogmatic that we won't allow ourselves to listen. Uh, you don't ever learn anything. And when you have, you know, what can I have talked about this often? We, we disagree on a whole slew of stuff. Most things, um, you know, socially, we disagree on a whole, uh, most things. But it backs up my position. I mean, his constituents don't vote for me. You yep. know, my constituents don't vote for him. Right. But when we sit down and, and that's, you know, we've, we started this podcast, it's over a year ago. Um, or coming up on a year, but yeah. we went through full session. To show people that, hey, I can disagree with Colin. I don't have to call him a piece of crap, and I can have a civil discourse, And it, but it backs up my own position. Yeah. You know, I went to <clears throat> two years ago. Uh, there was a conference on national popular vote. Well, I don't support it, but I just, I, I just knew I didn't support it. And so I was like, why, why don't I support that? And so I went to a conference. It was put on by a Republican group that was – and their point was that, you know, if we had the national popular vote, it would force these – these people running for, for national office to come to these flyover states and spend money because every vote counts. And so they would spend more time in states like Oklahoma and Kansas and you know, the, all over the Midwest, these flyover states. Uh, and so they made some good points. I left the conference still not supporting it, but now I, I had – I knew the reasons why well, I didn't why? support right. uh, And you get, of course, you get hemmed up for going this, oh, Wes, because that's reportable. You know, I've got a scholarship or something to go. And so the next thing you know, I got some group putting out that I'm a commie, whatever. And I was like, no, I went to that because I, I needed to know why. You, you need to know why you believe what you believe. Yeah. You need to be able to explain that. Not you know. And we grow up. You know, all of us have our uh, have our backgrounds, our subjective viewpoints that we grow up in in 
in a bubble, for lack of oh, a better yeah. word. We're kind of surround ourselves, you know, whether I'm growing up in, the, in southwest Oklahoma, I'm surrounded by the people of southwest Oklahoma. I haven't encountered guys from northeastern Oklahoma right. and central Oklahoma. I mean, I do, but not, not on this scale, not on this level. Yeah. And so I think the, the deal is when you challenge each other, I kind of say that in, in your Christian walk, the same thing. If you challenge people on what they believe, make them go search it out and understand yes. why they believe that. And whether you're talking about a legislative issue or whatever the case may be, it just it, it helps you grow, and then more than likely it's going to help the other individual grow and to ad- know why, you're, yeah. why you believe that way. Adversity is a good thing, and it's healthy because Absolutely. it forces you as a, as a person to find – avenues different avenues of approach you got to have contingency plans and if you don't ever face adversity that's that's a huge problem with uh, kids now just you know with mental health my wife's a therapist i talk about it often but you know when she's got eight ten year old kids that that are talking about suicide i'm like what does a 10 year old kid know about suicide because i was 10 years old i was in the creek Right. Uh, That's why we were. I was outside (laughs) squirrel hunting or whatever. Uh, I didn't ever think about suicide. And she was just talking about society as a whole where, you know, even I'm 45. And so it's it's not like I was raised back in the depression. But, you know, even my generation and especially my parents and grandparents, when you were poor, you were poor. Yeah. Uh, you had to struggle through life in the face of adversities every day to make it. Today, if you're poor, you probably still got plenty of food. You probably still got a roof over your head. You probably still got air conditioning. You probably, probably still have a cell phone, computer. Uh, those things that were once looked at as um, luxuries. Luxuries. Yeah. And so she, her point was that you know a lot of times with these kids, the moment that they face adversity, they freak out and don't know how to handle it. And so, and and, and to that point, sometimes when you face adversity, you realize to change your mind. I mean, you know, the thing is, is I think that we all have to be open to having our mind changed. And and to both of your points, I mean, the reason why Josh and I disagree on a lot of social issues yet still get along is because there's so much more to a human being than these wedge issues. Politics. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he loves his kids, and I know that he's trying to do the best for his kids, and same for you. And everybody's trying to go along. Get Along, who doesn't like a birthday? Today's my birthday. Yeah, I was gonna Everybody loves birthday. birthday. By the Thank way. you. I mean, hey, who doesn't like a birthday? That. Baby boys all grown uh, up. You mean stand on the table like what was, what was yeah. the movie? Swingers. Yeah, Swingers. with Vince Favreau. Okay, so what number is it? Uh, Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Uh, he's wow. not grown up yet, though. My yeah. daughter's thirty-one. Yeah, and he hits Say there, yeah. <laughs> and, and we like sports, and you know, there's there's so much uh, more to a human being than the two-dimensional reality that happens when you go onto social media, yeah. and it's about these one or two issues, or even when you turn on the news because that's crap. I saw a news story the other day when I was in the gym um, about it was a national news story but it was about this murder in like Florida or somewhere random and I'm like that's not national news I mean quite frankly that's not local news because I mean that's what happens if it bleeds it leads that's not always the news it's just what gets people's attention and that's what's so frustrating and disappointing because I, I do think that we all have so much to learn from one another and, and to appreciate even if we disagree well it's the same with the issues that we talk about I've said this a hundred times if I've said it once that we may have 100 issues. We agree on 98 or 99 of them, but the focus is on that one or two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so we spend all of our efforts and all of our time on those one or two rather than saying, let's let's get the 98 or 99 taken care of that helps our constituents, that helps the citizens of Oklahoma, and, and we'll we'll work on that one or two over time. Let's not feel like we've got to resolve it today. Let's yeah. let's deal with those. So, well, and if, if people would take advantage of the opportunities that we have here with live stream, with, you know, everything we do up in here is live stream with that's on a floor proceeding or in a committee. Right. Um, they, they would see that, honestly, it's, I, I used to say 80% of everything we vote on is nonpartisan. It's probably higher than that, honestly. Like you said, Jared, it's, it's those one or two things that get contentious, and that's when the media is here. That's when your group's here on right. both sides are protesting, and that's the sexy stuff that sells. 
that's sexy and people want to see that but it's not very impactful usually (laughs) i mean usually it's not no and so well jared sits behind me and so you'll see me on the floor oftentimes if there's a a bill uh pertains to some type of fiscal element to i'm usually looking back at jared and picking his brain as a cpa (laughs) even though i'm in my fifth year going on my sixth year we got a freshman here, but he's a subject matter expert in the financial field. That's what he does for a living. And so I'm all the time like, hey, you know, I read the bill, but can you explain this part to me in this paragraph? What, you know, what's it going to do for not necessarily, you know, an urban position with businesses in urban? But how's it going to affect my rural district, my rural right. businesses? And so what right. happens when we take away the capital gains tax? How does that work here in this or, or reinstate the capital gains tax? That <laughs> God, that caused a lot of uh, heartbreak. That's. That was probably at the point when we hated each other a lot, but that's when we grew to uh, be friends. Yeah, you know, and, and those those are the kind of things that often, uh, you know, there's every issue can be can be uh, presented in one way or the other, and typically when you talk about a capital gains tax, it's presented as as benefiting the wealthy. I can tell you, as a CPA preparing tax returns for clients, I've got some farmers mm-hmm. uh, that have owned well, that land issue, that have yeah. owned lands for years. You know, maybe they've inherited it from their family or whatever, and it's been in their family. And they get to a point where, you know, for whatever reason, health or otherwise, they need to move to a new location. Uh, they've got to sell that land. This is an opportunity for them to not have to pay a huge chunk of tax on the sale of that land. And they've been paying the and taxes every they, year. They pay the, they pay the property taxes. taxes every year. They pay their income taxes every year on the on the revenue that's generated from that. Uh, this is an opportunity for them to be able to take those funds and, and move to a new location reestablished. So I, I'm just saying that sometimes oh, yeah, yeah. those are painted as, oh, it benefits the wealthy. Well, and it was, does. That was, it, that was the big does. fight. Yeah. It was. And Scott yeah. Emman was a, was a magician at that stuff. I mean, <clears throat> if, you, if you know Scott Emman, he was a former uh, minority leader. You know, did 12 years here. Brilliant. As much as I did not like <laughs> Inman, I mean, I, I just, we didn't get along. But he was probably the best uh, debater and presenter that that we've had in a long time. And it was, honestly, I said, I was listening to him one day. I remember the first the first time I really sat back and listened. It was really the same debate, just changed to whatever. Yeah. Bill, but he was crying on the floor. And he was crying. It was, I don't know, it was a pro-life bill or something. But, boy, he's getting with it crying. And he walked by me and winked. And I said, <laughs> I said, but That's, his, he painted a picture with capital gains that this only affects 900 and some people in the state of Oklahoma. And it's, we're paying out, you know, hundreds million. of millions of dollars. And I was like, that doesn't make sense, Scott. Uh, you're saying 900 people. It's uh, with hundred and some $160 million. That, that's BS, Scott. But, but that was a huge issue. And, and yeah. the rural people fought it. You know, I had, I had rural Democrats come and say, don't support this West. It's going to kill me. And, and it was, it's not just land. It was equipment. It was it, cattle. Exactly. And, else. and that's where you represent your constituencies and not necessarily even your ideologies, right? Because in my district, that sort of a move doesn't affect us because nobody's sitting here buying and selling land and and not only that but i i liken it to stock sales you sell stock well you gotta you know that might be your retirement in and of itself too and you gotta pay your capital gains taxes on it but that's where representing your constituencies is what makes this democracy work is you all had the chance to say no nah, we're not doing that we're not taking that away and that's fine you know that moves right. on for the next even though you try to suspend the rules every flipping day uh <laughs> all five of us yeah now let me take <laughs> now that's only five of us that time you had like 28 or something <laughs> that's the thing that drives me nuts is you know what I, the first uh, first month or so of session, you know, they're 
where we get in there and they say, okay, we're going to vote to suspend rules such and such, such and such. And I'm trying to look it up. Before I can look it up, we voted. And I'm like, I don't know what we just did. Yeah, I'm trying to ask the like guys to eat on the floor, <laughs> do it, the two minute rule. Or... Well, and that's what frustrates us Democrats is it's like, well, we have rules. Oh, we're just going to suspend rules, right? Well, I mean, uh, like, and then the uh, rules well, I, I don't walked really into matter. that yeah, one, didn't I? At, no, 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 no. But I mean, that's, uh, but, I mean, that's, yeah. look at the reason we're suspending the rules. I mean, when do we ever, it's, it's usually do it the two minute rule during debates or. Yeah. Or to eat on the floor, or allow you to wear jeans on the floor. Yeah, but not always. I mean, sometimes there's those instances where they'll suspend the rules in order to bring a vote early. Okay, what was the vote? And I forget the substance, but it was uh, when we the, hold on. No, but you'll you'll remember the substance <laughs> when I tell you. Uh, it was one where y'all needed us to help suspend the rules on. I forget the issue. I bet you'll remember. And they ended up driving to get representative that was uh, that was that was not a to come rules. down and vote that was a vote on an emergency we need 68 votes on an emergency and it, so it wasn't suspend the rules it was on an emergency vote and they did go get representative in to what was the issue uh, i don't remember it was 2018 yeah yeah but yeah that it was that was on well, a, y'all that, did was, it a that was on, that was on an emergency vote did you hear him not... say y'all i keep hearing y'all oh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got floor leader eccles to be clear uh, oh i'm just well, i'm messing well, with what you. have you uh you know what's been your, been your priority in the interim other than trying to i mean i'm sure like most rural districts when I'm in my interim, I'm, I'm my busiest because I'm busy in my district. I'm busy up here. And so yeah. it's. Uh, well, and you know, my deal has been, like I say, I was caught off guard as to how busy I was going to be. To do the job right, it requires a lot of time. And so I filed a lot of extensions this year. I think I filed 130-something extensions. And normally I might file 30 or 40. So I worked on taxes all through the year. You know, tax extension deadline was last Friday. I'm thrilled that that's behind me. Uh, but I would go home and work a day or two on that. I'd come up here, hit a couple interim studies, and uh, in the process, you know, go to various constituent events and, uh, you know, things going around, civic Pie events. Suppers, oh, yeah. Fairs yeah, yeah lots of, you know, realtory meetings and Kiwanis meetings and things like that, trying to update. And, yeah, I've been to har- harvest festivals of late, quite a few of them. I think I've got, I think I've got two of them on Saturday. How far is your uh, district, but it's, uh It's a little, about two hours and 20 minutes, so it's not too bad. Uh, but I, I've spent a lot of time up here in interim studies, and I know there's some of those I did at home, but I, I have a hard time focusing and staying steady with them when I'm at home. So I drive up here just to be in them to, to get my notes. You should, and even if it's, especially uh, if it's in your committee. Well, I mean, yeah, and, and I've tried to make all of those along with, uh, you know, catching a few of interest. You know, we've had – uh, you know, we could we could probably talk the rest of the time on the marijuana issue. Oh, I mean, yeah. we've Dude, I've, I've had an it, enormous amount of questions on that in my district, and mm-hmm. I spoke at an event uh, at our our county GOP meeting I think about two weeks ago, and I think the first question was a marijuana question, and after about thirty minutes, I said, "Let's go to some other subject matter. We'll come back to that." But you know, so those kind of things, trying to, to catch up to speed, make sure that I have a good understanding of all the issues we're dealing with, the challenges we're dealing with, and in rural Oklahoma, there's a lot of them. Uh, I mean, I know you guys have have the same thing out in uh, out in eastern Oklahoma, northeastern Oklahoma. Uh, so I mean, it's uh, those kind of things of what I've I've spent a lot of time just trying to gain information, trying to gather the knowledge to where when session comes up, I'm prepared. Uh, you know, I, I know kind of what and, we're and dealing the weed with. Weed issue, uh, man. I've I've dealt with it. It's not that you know I've been public about it. I I don't have a problem with. <clears throat> Oklahoma businesses, Oklahoma patients. Once that state question passes, passed <clears throat> on June 26, 2018, yeah. my personal opinion went out the window. Our job was to implement this program. Uh, but the, the whole free market talk, well, the free market does not work unless you have rules in place. And exactly. we're talking about exactly. that portion of it. There's none. And so we're now on our fourth director, yeah. uh, Adrian Barry, yeah. which I, I'll, give her, I'll give her uh, props that she – 
it's kind of one of those it, it would be like running for DA no one wants to be DA yeah. honestly because it's because you're enemies of you make enemies with with your people and, it, and it's not a very fun job same thing with that she you know at one point she was um uh, council for secretary of state when Michael Rogers was there. Then she went to the governor's office with council for the governor. And then she was the vice president of the patrolman association. I think. Right, but, and right. then I asked her when she came up to go, I said, agent, why'd you take this job? Cause it's a crap hole. And she said, I, I honestly took it because I think I can do, I think I can help. I think yeah. I can help the program. And so, uh, <clears throat> she's got her intent is well received and she's really wanting to do the right thing. But she came up to my district, which is not close to here. Mm-hmm. You know, she drove three and a half hours and myself representative Harden, uh, one of my County commissioners, uh, County commissioner for district one, Delaware County, um, Dave Poindexter, and then a local law enforcement, uh, guy, um, Kyle flood. And we just drove, you know, uh, Harden and I, we joined each other on the South side of Delaware County and we drove probably a hundred miles. And I didn't want to show it. I'm not, not griping. Uh, these are valid concerns and she got to see firsthand what I'm talking about. I got Russian crime rings. I mean, there's a $200,000 Mercedes SUVs driving the back roads in Delaware County and and Mays County. There's something right about that. And so my position, I don't have a problem with, I'm not hearing about the Oklahoma's, you know, the Oklahoma businesses. These are the foreign crime rings, uh, Tridents, you know, the Chinese mafia, uh, MS-13, the, the Russian crimes, like I mentioned. And so that's, those are big issues, and they're going to continue to be big issues this year again. I plan on filing a cap bill again. Um, and I'm not out to hurt any legitimate businesses. Honestly, the ones that were the legitimate Oklahoma businesses that we have, most of them outside of the activist group, they supported the cap bill because they're getting undercut by the black market. And right. Yeah, that's, right. that's the problem. Yeah, And even just the market itself because it's so flooded. Flooded. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's the thing. I, you know, in a couple of the, the speaking engagements that I've had, that's that's what I've said. We just want to make them operate within the guardrails, the rules that are there. You know, I had a had a guy said, "Well, you're you're trying to put new rules and regulations." I said, "No, we're trying to operate on the ones that are there. We just we have too much illegal activity going on. It's hurting the the legal business, those that are trying to do it right." And Straw then once man we, schemes, right? And so if we so if we get well, you know, we talk about those ghost ownerships, you know, yeah. various things that we've seen happen and seen uh, come through the. Uh, through the newspapers over the over the summer, <clears throat> where people have been prosecuted for that, uh, but we just want to get it to where it's a if it's a legal activity, which it is, you know, it was passed by that state question. Let's just make sure that it operates where everybody's on the same playing field, uh, and that goes for any industry. It doesn't matter yeah. what we're talking about. We, we whether whatever it is, we want to make sure that everybody operates on the same rules. If if we're trying to have a football game and everybody has a different set of rules, it 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 doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know why people, you know, expect laws to fix everything. Right. I mean, because we had a law that said you've got to be in Oklahoma, you know, right. Entity yeah. individual Two to years. own it, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But people find workarounds. They and do. So sometimes that means you got to go back and tweak it in order yeah. to make it better. Yeah, you're and, supposed and, to be a resident of Oklahoma for two years before you could uh, open up a, a right. marijuana business. <clears throat> well, the, the straw man schemes that were going on, with, exactly. you know, somebody would, uh, put the license in their name and then charge these people an outrageous <laughs> amount of money to come here. Right. You know, $2,500 for a fee, license. Yeah. Right. They're charging people fifty to $100,000 for a consulting fee. Right. The license is in their name. And we've seen it just recently with, you know, hundreds of licenses that did not get renewed. It's tied up in the courts right now, but, uh, like you said, yeah. You, Cause that was just by one lawyer, I think. Right. Yeah. One, yeah one, but there's, yeah. there's a couple more. So, <laughs> Well, before we get into, we, we definitely want to talk about the vaccine mandates from Biden, but uh, walking out and give you an update on the symposium that we went to. We talked about it last time we did the podcast. We put some stuff on social media. Um, last month, we went to Alexandria, Virginia 
to a data privacy symposium put on by uh, NCSL and National College of State Legislatures or National Conference of National State Legislatures. National Conference. Yeah. So, that, yeah, there was uh, 24 different senators and representatives from 14 different states there. Man, I I just – it was a huge learning environment for us, and I appreciated that, the, the, um, that we got to go because we learned a lot and we got to present our legislation. They didn't know how to handle us because we're – you know, I'm up there on stage and we're – being, Afterwards, they asked us if we could be less passionate about this issue. Well, the lady like uh, <laughs> the lady after was from Maryland, I think. Yeah. She was a senator from Maryland. She was like, uh, "I don't have the passion, and I'm not as loud as y'all, but I appreciate that y'all do." <laughs> but you want to talk about how it went? Yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. We had an opportunity to sit down and have conversations with uh, individuals from Google. Um, and, and several other companies uh, that we've been working with here locally. Yeah, we, there was actually Amazon. people there that we worked with here that were there that said, hey, we appreciate the fact that you were willing to work with it. Yeah, like Relics, I think. Uh, Relics was one of those. Uh, so it was a great, and not only that, but it was a learning experience because we got to see what did and didn't work in other states and the reasons why they weren't working in those other states. Um, but I think at the end of the day, a lot of positive uh Information was exchanged at that, and I'm glad we went. And I think that it's going to make the process to get data privacy passed this year even easier. So. Yeah, it's you know we talked about it, and we talked about it every time we we see why these companies don't want 50 different laws, you know, because the feds are probably never going to address this. They haven't addressed it up to this point, and that's why you got these states working on it. So that was the purpose of this conference was consolidate, you know, a lot of these states that are working on it, and let's see if we can come up with a framework for a legitimate piece of legislation that can be ran. Everybody talks about, you know, what's the, what's the term for legislation that's ran? Uh, oh, cookie cutter. You know, cookie yeah, cutter, yeah. yeah. But Copy concerning this, I don't mind that because, like I said, you're dealing with companies that operate in all 50 states. Yeah, copy and paste isn't bad. Our constitution was copied and pasted from Texas and the federal constitution. I mean, oh, yeah, that's. I mean, right. you know, you tweak words. it as you go along, but I mean, 50, that's fifty thousand yeah. words. It's a lot easier to start that speech when you've got something to start with. Right? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I, it was great. I got you know, my, my wife was able to uh, take some PTO. Actually, actually, she may have worked from um, the the uh, hotel, but right there on the Potomac. Um, the first day we got there, there wasn't. Uh, you know, we flew in early for a reason and. Went up to the the um, capital and we national, got to see uh, what's it called the national, national mall. The national yeah. mall. We started at the the Lincoln Memorial and just walked our way to the. That's uh, some walking in it. But man, it's it's beautiful. Oh yeah. yeah. It was oh yeah. Raining. We got there. Yeah. You know, we went and bought umbrellas, a little roadside stand. But man, it turned out great yeah. weather. And it's just a. If you've never been, I mean, if you've never been, a, a lot of people in my district have never been to the Oklahoma Capitol. Yeah. When I came here, I was like, oh my goodness, man, this is awesome. Yeah. If you've never been to DC, you got a chance to go. There's so much of our history there. We're such a young country, but golly, it's beautiful. You feel connected to history, and you feel con connected to your other countrymen. Yeah, man, yeah. it was uh, it was a good time, and like I said, we we learned a lot and made some good connections uh, with other with other uh, legislative members from throughout the country. So I'm I'm excited to continue this. The next thing we do with that, well, I think will be in May, um, and so I'm gonna we're gonna keep pushing it. I mean, this is something that's important. It's not for Colin or me or, or, or Jared. It's important for every single one in the state. And it's not, there's no, you know, we're not coming at this with uh, an angry intent, even though we may get angry sometimes. This is about your private information and ensuring that you have a say in who has it, where it goes. Uh, what's allowed to take place in your home without you knowing it. That's, right. that's the issues. Right. And so 
Big topic. Yep. And I, I'm excited about working on that. And hopefully, I think next session, we, we've got three bills. we got one in the Senate. That's our bill from last session, uh, which is opt-in. We've got our new bill, which is you just can't sell it. And then Logan Phillips also filed a bill. So I think between the three of us, we ought to be able to get something passed. And, and that yeah. new legislation was based off a, um, a task force from 2018 that President Trump put together. It was um, – a study that was done, it was 700 and some pages long. And it basically, this was a lot of the information that bill came out from the, uh, the information that came that's out right. from that task force. So, all right, Josh, get me into trouble. All right, man. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about the evil Biden, the M word. Yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about vaccinations. Vaccines. Let's talk about mandates. Yeah. Uh, huge topic right now. I mean, it's toxic, it's political, but, um, from my standpoint as a Republican, just as somebody who believes in small government, um, you know, we talk about states' rights a lot, uh, and the process that Biden has gone through with trying to implement these rules, right? So right now he uh, put out a request essentially about, I don't know, a month and a half ago that was requiring the Department of Labor to promulgate rules concerning vaccinations for companies with over 100 employees, which is the majority of, you know, all the companies, right. right? And so it's it's requiring them to get uh, the COVID nineteen vaccination or have to test weekly and and a whole bunch of other stuff if you if you don't. And so, you know, I just I don't think that the from, from just my my position on it is the way that they're doing this. So rules when an agency approves rules, for instance, like wildlife here or ag, when they make rules changes, they go to a public. Um, portion of that where they take public comments. They just don't make rules and do it right then. It's it's a drawn-out uh, process. process on this. And so that's one thing. That That's, you know, Marcus McIntyre talked about it a few weeks ago in a Facebook post, but they did not go through that. They're not taking public comments. And from that, just right there, I don't think it's constitutional for that, no matter if I agree with it or not. And I, I don't I, – I've been very open. I took the daggum vaccination a long time ago – it's, I don't have a problem with it, but I'm not you. I don't speak for you. Right. Um, that was a personal decision that I went and talked to my doctor, and I figured, you know, I travel so much, and I also figured about every crazy thing stuck through everything through, anyway to my body in the military, and so I, it's, it wasn't a big deal to me. But I get it that it is for some people, and I'm not making light of it. Um, and so I, I don't like the fact that he's forcing businesses do this or else, or we're gonna, you know, like nursing home employees, we're gonna withhold. Federal funding. Well, that's our stinking tax dollars for one. We're going to withhold the tax dollars that, that are going to these nursing homes if, if the employees don't get it, uh, health care and things like that, and just regular companies. You know, I've, I've heard from hundreds of you know people in my district from different companies that are saying, okay, by this date, I've got to have the vaccination or I'm going to be fired. Well, right now, it's there's it's not a there's no bill, there's no law, there's it's it's not even a, a constitutional rulemaking process. And so I've been saying, hold the course, and that's let's not even get into the you know, the position with uh, Oklahoma being a right-to-work state. But what do you think on that? Is it just not even as a Democrat, as an attorney, as a person? Yeah. What if I said, what if I was a big brother said, Colin Waukee, I'm going to stick you with whatever. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that, you know, part of it, right, never having been in the military, unlike you, if the military says, I'm going to stick you with something, you're going to get stuck. And that's because Stand you give up your rights, right, right, when you become in, in the military. So in America, we have rights outside of the military. And so the question then is, is well, could, should the federal government be able to tell you what to do? And, and I, am, I am torn on this issue because, one, I do think that it's probably appropriate for everybody to go out and get vaccinated or vaccinated, you know, subject to uh, consultations with your physicians, right? So I don't come at this with 
with a fear of the vaccine, first and foremost. Um, and I appreciate what Gov- uh, President Biden is trying to do. However, what I would say is, is I think that given the makeup of the court right now, that's going to be struck down real quick. Um, we have seen the Supreme Court approve unconstitutional moves before, just like we saw with the Japanese internment camps during World War II in times of emergencies. And I think if this were a different court, it might uh, be upheld. But I think the reality is, is the writing is on the wall that it's probably going to be declared unconstitutional insofar as mandating vaccines. Withholding of federal dollars, however, I think might be a different story uh, because that is well within the federal government's uh, purview because they don't have to give us money in Oklahoma. They don't have to give us money in Tennessee. They don't have to do any of that. Um, And so I think right, wrong, or indifferent, they do hold the purse strings. So I think the mandated vaccine is probably unconstitutional. I think the withholding of funds is probably constitutional. Um, I personally, as a Democrat in Oklahoma, wish that that President Biden would have taken a different approach because what this has done is further politicize the issue and further divide uh, the Democrats and the Republicans on this issue. And I think that there were other approaches he could have taken, but that's my take. Jared, what are you hearing? <clears throat> that's uh, my opinion there is, you know, when we, when we look at government and how government is created and how it's supposed to operate, it says that government is instituted among men and that, it's, and that it achieves its power, its authority from the consent of the governed. And when we have a scenario where uh, a unilateral decision is made without going through the proper processes, in my opinion, uh, you know, we've got legislative bodies for, for a reason. And, uh, and, and we, answer, we answer to the people as, as we are elected, especially those of us that are on a two-year term. Uh, you know, we stay tied in with people. Uh, you know, I've run into quite a few constituents that, you know, they have a, they have a fear. Uh, they have a fear of the of the vaccine. It's not a deal that they're being bullheaded. There are some that are that are just staunch. I'm not going to do it. If you're going right, to mandate it, I'm it, not yeah. going to do it. And and I know some people that I visited with that were debating it. That had asked me questions about you know various things and various issues around that. Uh, that were considering it. Uh, when when Biden comes out with a mandate, they're like, no, I'm out. If they're going to force it on me, I'm out. And so I think that sometimes that causes people to just kind of get their uh, their guard up whenever you when you start trying to force people to do anything uh, you know it's it's kind of like I had a guy give me an analogy one time says you know you're sitting at a stoplight and you're on your phone you're not paying attention light turns green a guy honks behind you you look up and the cars are in front of you a ways you get on the gas and get out of the way uh, but but if you're sitting at the light and you're paying attention and the guy hits the horn as soon as the light turns green you're probably not going to be in too big a hurry to get out of the way it's just kind of the deal of trying to force me to do something push me to do something but uh, you know I think you brought up a great point though which at the very beginning about the consent of the governed yeah. which is I think that if Biden were to legislatively accomplish this I think that would be okay I mean I, I think that constitutionally I think that would be fine and a proper way to do it but instead he's going through administrative channels because at least within the legislative body there's accountability the people may not like it they may riot they may you know vote them out of office all kinds of things but that's the purpose of the legislature that's not the purpose of an administrative agency yeah. but oh, I'm, yeah. but I'm still going to go on record as I'm against the mandates oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I just I'm yeah, not whether it was I'm the legislature or otherwise you'd be opposed <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm well, against, and, I, I and that's because I believe people <clears throat> should have the right to decide for themselves you know we're a free country we're, we're we're put in that position to I mean we've been blessed to have the freedom that we have and and so many like yourselves that have that have served and given time to the country and our military to give us that right. You know, there's a lot of things that go on that I don't like. Uh, I see people do things, say things that I don't agree with and I don't like. Uh, but when we look at what the Constitution does and what the Declaration of Independence did and what what our our soldiers over the over the years have fought for, <clears throat> 
I, I respect the fact that somebody has the right to say or do things that I don't agree with. Uh, it's just when you get to a deal like this where you're forcing it on somebody and telling them they have to think a certain way or they have to, they have to take a certain vaccine or they have to, you know, I just, I'm not a fan of that. It has I'm just an adverse not a fan. effect. If, if their goal is to get, you know, however many, how much percent, 100%, 90%, whatever, vaccinated, that's the wrong way to go about it. Because like we said, as human nature, we're going to go against Big Brother push back if we feel like they're right. being pushed. Well, and it, I, I also, I think it's not so much human nature. I think it's... Uh, American nature and certainly Oklahoma nature. There you you know, I mean, if you're in Japan, this isn't a debate. It's like, yeah, we're going to do, you know, right. what we want to do for the entire society. Uh, but in America, we're so individualistic that, I mean, it has become abundantly clear to me that if you tell people in Oklahoma to get vaccinated, they're going to give you the middle bird. But that's, but that's part of why we're the greatest country on the planet. And, I don't and that's think why that, I think we're the greatest state on, uh, in, the, in the nation, because we, we respect people. We, we believe that an individual has the right and the ability to make a decision for themselves. Um, I, th I think if they did run legislation uh, on the, from the federal side, I don't think it would pass, honestly. There's no. a lot of blue dog. Oh, right. no. No. Yeah, a, lot yeah, of, yeah. a lot of southern blue dog Democrats are like, hey. Mansion would kill that. And, and, that's, and yeah. that's why I say you should allow that to be done where it represents the country. If you're going to make a rule that, rep that res uh, the whole country has to abide by, then why would we not have the representation of the whole country? Because we know – yeah, I mean, we can all agree on this. When we look at the executive branch in the federal government, that's very divided. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, when we, when we, with our last, uh, last administration under Trump and our current administration under Biden, it's divided, and it's almost even. Uh, so when we look at the legislature, it's the same type thing, but I think you're going to have a little more input on what, uh, what, what the constituents are saying. You know, do you know what I'm saying? I absolutely. Mean, I, so, so that's why I just think it's so important when we look at the Constitution – uh, Article One of the Constitution starts with the legislature, and I just would like to see it go back to the legislature. <laughs> well, you know, what, whatever we're doing, what I'm not talking about just mandates anything. Uh, you know, I like the legislature to have the ability. Yeah, I'm to, not a big fan of uh, stuff done executively. Shut down. I mean, no, it, it, sh it should be voted on, even if it's. Hey, sometimes stuff is done to the executive labor, like. I know that a lot of people are like, man, it takes it off. But we should not think that way. We should want, even if it's a crappy vote, we yep. should want the opportunity to vote. And, and sometimes it takes courage on that type of stuff. I mean, because they're not fun. It's not fun on floor proceedings. But right. um, Oklahoma, let's talk about Oklahoma. 2001, Oklahoma's passed a state question. I, I believe it was state question 656, maybe somewhere in that area. But it was a constitutional oh, right state question. It was right to work. And conservatives jumped up and down, right? We chopped the arms and legs yep. off the, the unions, essentially. And, and what that did was it gave, you know, pretty much the power, the all the power to the businesses in Oklahoma, right? You have the right as a business to set your parameters right. and your policies the way you see fit and not have to worry about unions and things like that. Um, and so as an employee, you can be fired for any reason, for no reason. As an employee, you can quit for any reason, no reason. You can give a two weeks notice. You can give a one minute notice. But ultimately, the owner of that business has the discretion to put policies in place as they see fit. It's a constitutional. It's in the Oklahoma Constitution. So conditional employment and right to work in the Oklahoma Constitution. There's a group that wants legislation ran that basically says that you can't in Oklahoma as a business, you can't mandate this. My position is I don't agree with any business mandating this. And if they're going to put some daggum parameters in there, take exemptions. You got religious, you got medical, you got philosophical. That's what you know we do for the school kids that for the vaccinations are required. As an adult in Oklahoma, there are no vaccinations required by the Oklahoma state government. And so, you know, the way I look at it is 
if a business comes up with some shady policy and then their employees quit, well, they're not going to have a business. And therefore, that's, that's the, the free market, market at work yep. without the legislature. Because I worry about if we were to step in and do this, at some point, we're not going to be talking about COVID. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's what else? What else are we if, if we pass legislation that sets a precedence and gives a, a judge the ability to give an opinion on taking away other rights. This is a, it's always been about private business on property, property rights for me. It's a private property rights issue. Uh, although I don't agree with it, but no one's forcing anybody to do this. You, you have the ability to get a different job to not work there. Uh, and like I said, if their employees quit, they're not going to have a business. And that's why a lot of these, uh, specifically with the healthcare side, they've, they've had to go back and say, well, hold up, we're going to take exemptions because we're losing too many employees. And so that's, that's my, like, that's, that's my thought. I mean, it's not popular on some of my constituents for sure. They're upset that I won't support uh, legislation telling a private business what they can and can't do. I just think it, it opens up a can of worms and it, it it's not going to be about COVID at some point. And, and what else are we going to be asked to do? Uh, what if, what if I had a business and I wanted everybody uh, to say the Lord's prayer everyone and, and salute the flag? What if, is it, what if there would definitely be a group that would oppose that? I guarantee you that we'd have somebody up here protesting that. Are we going to then go in and do that? Right. And so, you know, we, do we support small government? Or do we only support small government when it aligns with with all of our It's values? the latter, not the former. So that's my that's my <laughs> personal opinion, and it's I've gotten hemmed up, you know, from a few on it. But I just I don't support I don't support the mandates. I just believe that we should stay as much as we can. I mean, it's not we're already in business, but I I don't I can't look back over our almost six years that we've passed legislation that takes away a business's ability. I, I, I hear the argument from, you know, some of the groups talking about, well, you have to do this. You have to do that. If you're a business, you guys are all, pa- I don't remember passing anything since we've been in. And so anyway, that's, that's where I am. I don't know where you are, Jared, but I'm in the same place. I mean, my, my deal is, is I just, my heart breaks for some of these people that have worked mm-hmm. for a lot of years in a business. Uh, and they're down to a point. I mean, I've had, I've had scenarios thrown out to me from various individuals that have, you know, worked 30 or 40 years for a company and now they're down to the point of maybe a year or two of retirement. And that's a tough place. I understand that. Uh, you know, I, I tell people, this is the the line I use all the time is that, you know, convictions will cost you something. And, and those convictions are any number of things. I mean, you, you see that across the board with, you know, I, I, I correlate that and it's obviously not the same thing, but you know, when I look at that, I, I'm, I'm operating pretty well. When I've done accounting for 30-plus years, I've got a pretty good business, making a pretty good living. Yeah. Uh, it's costing me something well, uh, to do this because I believe with all my heart I've got a conviction this is where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. It's, gonna, it's costing something. Absolutely. It costs not only financially. It costs time with my family, times mm-hmm. with my grandkids, you know, things like that. And, and I don't want to correlate that or somebody to, you know, yeah, say, no. hey, dude, you, you don't get it. I, you know, I understand uh, I would like to see, you know, if if we're going to have the scenario that the that the employers are allowed to uh, allowed to make these rules. I mean, you're talking about agreements where an employee may have worked with you for thirty or forty years, and you've made a change in that agreement. Uh, there there needs to be some type of allowance there. I mean, I I would like to go back to the business and say, hey guys, just think about what you're doing when you're talking about shortages of nurses, mm-hmm. shortages of physicians, uh, shortages of nursing home workers, uh, nursing care workers. Uh, and now you're fixing to magnify that problem. Uh, do you realize what what we're doing here? And I mean, I understand what you're what what you what you're trying to do, but we've got to we've got to go to a point of. I look at it. Okay, if an employer is going to uh, mandate, uh, then does shouldn't the employer have some responsibility there as well? 
you know, if there's a, if there's a, an adverse re- reaction, if there's some kind of negative consequence there, is there, you know, should there be some type of liability for that? Uh, you know, those are all good discussions. I, I've had two or three constituents reach out to me lately that work on our air base there in Altus. And, uh, you know, they, they say, well, are we going to be able to draw unemployment? Um, not if you quit. You know, well, not if you quit, and you may not be hey, able to. Not fired for cause. Uh, you, yeah. you may not. You may not be able to if they could deem that as being employee misconduct or for cause. I did uh, see uh, where the University of Washington head football coach resigned yeah. yesterday or the day before because it's required from uh, the state of Washington for all state employees to get the vaccination. And he's and, and so you talk about sacrifice. You talk about you know. I think if you look at the House, like the founding fathers, uh, this goes for the state and the federal delegation. We talk about House members. It was. We're, we're supposed to be closest to the people. That's why we run every two years. And that's why, you know, sometimes it stinks um, having to run every two years. Yeah. But it was meant – this job was supposed to be a sacrifice. Go back to what you're talking about. And when you're done, I mean, you never know what's going to be. Obviously, we have term limits in Oklahoma. I don't know if I'm going to – you know, I don't know my future. I, 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 I don't know either. that uh, – hey – I'm a Christian too. God knows the hairs on my head. My life's already planned out before me, so I don't sit around and worry about it. Right. But I don't know when I'm if if I'm going to be here next year or the year after, and so I feel like I got to do good things while I'm here. Else, I'm a waste of your tax money. But it's supposed to be a sacrifice. And when you're done with this, you're supposed to go back home and live a normal life. Exactly. And, and so you get people tied up into these career politicians, where that's the stepping stone to the another job, to the another job, and. You know, I just do what the task at hand, and it's a state rep in Oklahoma for District 5, and that's, that's what I try to do every day. But I, I did talk to some really conservative business people from my district about, you know, the scenario where, you know, if we pass legislation telling you, I said, forget your personal opinion on the matter if you believe, it, you know, on mandated vaccinations or not. <clears throat> if Let's just say you wanted to do that for your business, and, and we passed legislation saying that you could not, and they, everyone I talked to, and these are, these are very, 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 I mean, Tea Party can serve the business owners, and they also the same thing. You guys are in my business already enough. Stay out of my business. Let me run it as I see fit, and I will take uh, the responsibility that comes with whatever policies I put in place. That's on me, not on the yeah. government. Yeah. So, well, oh, and, and that's what I was going to say. You know, if you've got a scenario there that you know we were talking when this when this mandate discussion started uh, that we didn't like politicians, be it the executive branch. Uh, or the legislative branch, whichever way we want to go. We don't like politicians telling us what to do. Yeah. Uh, and so if if we say that, you know, the president doesn't have the authority to issue a mandate there, then why, on the flip side, why would we say we want the government to issue a mandate? And that's the position you know, that uh, the governor's taken on that too. So. Well, and it's, you know, that, that's the thing is I understand. I do understand. And, and my heart breaks for some of these people that have had careers, uh, you know, that have worked. And I don't know what the solution is there. I'd like to see, I'd like to see these businesses come around and say, hey, you know, we understand that there's some people that just have a fear of this. Uh, let's give them some options out of that. Let's give them some ability. Let's move them if you need to, you know, if they need to go to a new department or if they need to do just so that we don't, especially those that are within that year or two of retirement. You know, I don't want to see people just cut off at the knees. I think uh, you'll see more and more exemptions coming to play with some of these businesses because, like I said, this, when you talk about law enforcement, the trucking industry right now, yeah. all sucking right now to keep employees. So uh, final thoughts. It's sunny. The flag is blowing. Life is good. Uh, it's crazy, <laughs> but I, I've enjoyed visiting with you guys today. You know, that's the thing I, I've told people. One of the most exciting things that I would say out of the last year is, uh, you know, being a CPA, you kind of sit in the back office, you do your work, you meet with that occasional client, uh, but to get out in the public and, and to deal directly with people, uh, there's a lot of good people in the state of Oklahoma. There's a lot of good people up here at the Capitol. 
you know, I tell people that you, you get your, in your mindset what a politician is, and I try to tell them I'm not a politician. I'm in a political position, but I'm still just Jared. You know, yeah. they say, well, how do we introduce you? Well, I'm just Jared. Uh, and I, and I don't want to be any different than that. I want to be the same guy. But well, I, you know, I, get I roots. yeah. But I, I love I love being able to meet people, have conversations that uh, uh, you know probably would not have ever ever had out, yeah. outside of uh, being in Southwest Oklahoma. I mean, I I know people around the state, but nothing like this and being able to work with people and 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 get to meet and know their backgrounds and. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I, I'm, I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to represent District 52. I tell people all the time, you know, one thing Southwest Oklahoma is known for is heat and wind and not much rain. But the best thing we got going Southwest Oklahoma is our people. Absolutely. Uh, we just, you know, you don't drive down the road without getting that little finger wave, you know, off the steering wheel or, uh, you know, go out to eat at a restaurant and have conversations with people. And I'm blessed to be where I'm from. Uh, God's been so good to me to put me where I am and with the family that I have. And I'm, I feel like it's the same blessing to be able to spend time with you guys. I appreciate the invite to come and visit with you. And maybe we can do that. Glad you can make it. Absolutely. Hey, you're doing a good job, Jerry. <laughs> we appreciate having you up here. You did replace a, a great member, but we are absolutely glad you're up here. And uh, thank thanks you for what you do. And thanks for coming on today. Colin? Well, you can check us out at www.okhouse.gov. Go under the media link and you can find the podcast there. Or we will uh, be on Spotify here shortly. Thanks to our wonderful house staff, Jason Worf and everybody else. So thank you for that. And thank you all for joining us. Uh, I'll just echo what Representative Kendrick said. Hey, it is a, it's a huge responsibility this job is, but it is a humbling job. And I love it every day. And, and the day that I don't, I won't be here because I'm yep. never going to waste your tax money. And I um, always appreciate the ability to serve. So. Uh, happy birthday, Colin Waggy. Thank you. Y'all enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your 39. God bless.